The very funny, Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney has a new show, everyone. It is called John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that will stream live on Netflix live during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. Yes, it is a comically unconventional show that will feature special guests. I'm very excited for this. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix. Love starts with you. You heard me. Show off your personal style with new Pandora jewelry pieces that set a shining example for the world to see. From big feelings to small messages, beautiful hand-finished jewelry from Pandora radiates with your love from every angle. Pandora has a huge selection of rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, and charms. There are endless ways to show what's in your heart. Shop now at Pandora.net. Pandora. Be love. Hey, gang, you know we like to keep our podcast PG. Well, I blew it on this one, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So we wanted to warn you before you listen, in case you're listening with your kids, around the 20-minute mark, Angela goes off the rails. Well, hey, wait a second. I just tell a story about an episode of Fear Factor. It's got some adult— There's no other way to tell it. There's some adult subject matter. You told it how you needed to. And— You might want to, you know, put earmuffs on the kids at the 20-minute mark. Turn it down, skip five minutes ahead, whatever you need to do. And for the rest of you, enjoy. (laughs) And sorry. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office Rewatch podcast just for you. Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office Ladies. Hi, Ange. Hey, Jenna. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I have some sciatica pain in my hip. Oh, Lord. Is this how we're starting today? Yeah. All right. What else you got? Well, I was trying to stretch it, and you Mm -hmm. told me I had to sit down. You guys, she was kicking her leg in the air. It was comfortable. It felt good. You think you can do that for 45 minutes? I think I can, yeah. Okay, go. You go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I could kick my leg and do this podcast at the same time, but Angela told me to sit down. I did because— sit down. I I didn't say it like that. I was like, A, you're going to hurt yourself. B, I don't think I can concentrate. Why did you kick your foot up like that? All right, well, I might need to do it midway, but let's get started. Okay, Jenna. <laughs> when, when you do it midway, I'm going to film you and I'm going to put it on officeladies.com. All right. Today we are talking about The Carpet. Ooh. It is season two, episode 14, written by Paul Lieberstein, a.k.a. Toby, and directed by Victor Nelly Jr. Yeah. I'm going to give you a summary. Do it. In this episode, someone leaves a gift. On Michael's carpet. You could call it that. In his office. It is soft. It is smelly. You're going to describe it? It is brown. Gross. But the question is, who done it? Michael is determined to find out. Everyone's a suspect. He suspects everyone in the office. To keep a close eye on the office, he takes over Jim's desk, which forces Jim to go work at an empty desk right next to Kelly. And Jim quickly learns why Kelly works in the back by herself. But the biggest surprise of this episode might be that you finally see Pam and Roy getting along. They've come back from a vacation, and they're all giggly. They're giggly. They've been in the Poconos. Yeah. Which I Googled. It's only about 51 minutes from Scranton. And is it snowy? It's snowy because this was January. And here are the best activities (laughs) Because I went down the rabbit hole of the Poconos. Now I want to go to the Poconos. It's beautiful. In the winter, here are the best activities to do in the Poconos. All right. One hour away from Scranton. Snow tubing, skiing, snowboarding, a casino, snowmobile, ice skating, snowshoeing. There's a brewery and a spa. Oh, I bet Roy went to the brewery. Yeah. I mean... I mean, yeah. That's for sure. They pretty much did that in the casino. (laughs) (laughs) Jim asked Pam if she did a lot of skiing, and she says not really. Yeah, she says a a little. A little. A little. All right, are you ready for some fast facts? I am. And then at some point, Jenna, you'll have to let me know with your sciatica and all of that business. Yeah. I do have a gift for you. You do? Yes, and I want to share it with you 
right here with all of our Office Ladies listeners because y'all been listening. Oh my gosh, who am I? <laughs> I should tell you guys, my sister Janet from Texas has been here for a week. And so I just said, y'all been listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you two get together... You get all Southern. I get very Southern. So anyway, you guys will get it. You'll be in on the joke. And and that's why I want to give it to you, like during a podcast. Do you want to give it to me right now before we start with Fast Facts? I guess we should after I've said all that. That's you're a pro- big buildup. You're Let's probably do it. really curious. Oh, it's wrapped in bubble wrap, just like okay. Michael's foot from the injury. Look at you with your little office callback. That's right. You guys that have been listening know that Jenna hasn't really seen Star Wars, and it's okay. <laughs> I've come to terms with this, you guys. I don't like scary movies. Right. This, this is an impasse in our friendship. What are we going to do? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> so anyway, but you did say you love Star Wars sort of memorabilia and I things. do. You were yeah. Princess Leia for Halloween as a kid. Yeah. Right? All right. So remember my little baby Yoda? No. My crocheted it. baby Yoda? Stop it. Okay. So I have to give a huge shout out to Shay. <gasps> he crocheted this. He is one of my InstaPal friends. His name on Instagram is, oh, Shay, what is it? It's Foron Fleek. Am I saying that right? I hope so. But he heard how much you loved mine. And Jenna, oh, he made you one. Look at him. Baby Yoda. Oh, my in gosh. In his little crib. And it's crocheted by hand. And Look, it's a Christmas it's a ornament. It's a Christmas ornament. Well, you know, two of my favorite things are Christmas decor. And handmade Christmas stuff. You yes. love that. And also baby things. I like know. things up made into babies. I know. Right? Baby elephant. I was just watching this movie, Journey 2, mm-hmm. uh, with my son. And uh, they have little bitty tiny elephants on the island. The elephants are shrunk down and they're little. And they're, they're so tiny. cute when they're tiny. Well, now you have a tiny baby now Yoda. Now a baby crochet. Yoda. And that's from Shay, Jenna. Oh, Shay, thank you so much, <laughs> Angela. Thank you so much. Well, Angela, you I, had to have one. I have a surprise for you, but I'm going to save it. Is it a scary movie you're going to make me see? I got you a severed head. No! From a, from a famous, Halloween store? famous scary movie. No, no. Oh I got God. you Freddy's glove. No. No, I didn't. Uh this is not a tangible item that I'm going to hand you, but it is uh, a thing I'm going to tell you. Okay. I can't wait. Okay. Let's start with fast fact number one. Mm-hmm. I declare with full authority. Bankruptcy. No. <laughs> we have reached full Mindy. The carpet is when we reach full Mindy. This is full Mindy, you guys. You're going to hear it. You know it. It's happening. I asked Sam to make a compilation of all of the things that the character of Kelly says to Jim back in the annex to prove that we have hit full Mindy. So first of all, the hair is transformed. The hair is pretty much down, just a tiny clip, but it's fashionable. The outfit, super pink, fluffy. Skirt. All of it. Pink lipstick. She sits on her desk. She puts her feet up. She's like, I mean, come on. She also talks about Beyonce. Mm -hmm. This is a big thing. She talks about the color pink. She crushes on Ryan. And at the end, she breaks. Uh Uh-huh. Here it is in its glory, the full Mindy. Do it. I'm serious. My closet doors will not shut. Beyonce, pink the color, pink the person, hot dogs, basically anything that is awesome. Oh my God, he is so cute. Would you talk to him for me and see if he likes me? Oh, please, Jim, please, please, Jim, please, please, please. He's so cute. I like him so much and I would do it, but I'm too shy. Please, Jim, please, 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 Jim, please, please, please. There you go. Oh man, and poor Jim, this episode. (laughs) We'll, We'll get to that. But come on, Beyonce, there's a lot of Mindy here. Yes, I think this is it. Now, we're going to track and see if she stays full Mindy. Don't worry, we're not done tracking this in case you were worried. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, you know, next episode she has a bun, we're going to let you know. I'm pretty sure in Casino Night she gets extensions, like suddenly (laughs) that we never speak of or her character never speaks of, but she's got this gorgeous long hair in Casino Night, so we'll we'll track that as well. (laughs) All right, fast fact number two, we have a big guest star. Ken Howard shows up as Ed Truck. Now, this is the only episode where we see this character, but we refer to him a lot. He was the boss of the office before Michael, and Michael worked under him when he was a salesman. Ken Howard is a famous character actor in Hollywood. First of all, 
he's six feet, six inches tall. Is that insane? He's so tall. You notice in the scene that he does with Steve that he's like kind of towering over Steve. He's a very large person. So Ken played basketball in school and he was offered a number of scholarships, but he turned them all down in favor of pursuing an acting career. And he started his career in the theater, Angela, Mm -hmm. a theater actor. What do you? I studied theater classes too, Jenna. You're like, Angela, it's this thing called theater. Theater actor. I mean, you know, I'm kind of a fancy theater person. Well, you know, I didn't uh, meet Ken or did share you, a scene with him, but our did theater you, bond was felt. Did you study like dialects in your acting theater school? I see what you're doing there. Oh, do you? That was a dig. You know what? That I see what you're doing. Dig. You're digging. All right. Well, he won a Tony Award. Ah. He appeared in over 100 movies and television series during his 47-year career. Unfortunately, Ken passed away in 2016, but he left behind this huge legacy. You know, he was even the president of the Screen Actors Guild Union for four years. Yes. So he is, guys, just an icon of the entertainment industry, and we were so lucky to have him for just this one scene. Oh, it was huge. We were thrilled, thrilled. So, Angela, fast fact number three is my surprise to you. Oh, okay. Are you ready for it? I don't know. I watched Game of Thrones. What? What? That's right. What episode? The first two and a half episodes. Did you really? Yeah. I couldn't turn it off. (laughs) Do you like it? I have a lot of thoughts. Oh, no. Do you want my thoughts? Yes. Okay. So first of all, episode one of Game of Thrones. Okay. Very horror movie, Angela. The White Walkers and the dismembered bodies. and Love that. I know. I was like... Why didn't she tell me about this part that I'm in? I thought you knew about the White Walkers. Jenna, we called my cat Otter the White Walker. I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) I don't know what that means. It's because he was so old. He was like 22 years old and he barely had any fur left. And he'd be like, and we called him the White Walker. Well, I liked the opening. Then we cut to the... The credit sequence, which is going over this map of lands and names of lands. And I was just like, oh, this is the part I don't want to learn. Okay, that part is long. And just get past it. And also, as seasons change and the topography changes, those images change. But anyway, just skip over it. Then I want to say, there's a lot of brother-sister love. Listen, in the beginning. (laughs) Just a lot. In the beginning. And then I think that kind of tapers off a little bit. I okay. Know, I know. Jenna, listen, there's some messed up stuff. Okay. Well, I'm liking the, is it the Stark family? Yes. Lord Stark. Yes. And his family. I'm digging on them. Oh, okay. I'm hating the queen and her brother. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I know. Ooh. The Lannisters. Ooh, the Lannisters. Is mm-hmm. that their name? Okay. Mm-hmm. But here's my big observation. Okay. And I want you to help me out here. This is fantasy, right? This is not based on anything. No, Game it's of fant- Thrones is yeah. just fantasy. Yeah. Okay. Here's my beef. Okay, you're only two episodes in. Go on. Two and a half. Here's my beef. That's why I want you to speak to this for me. Okay. Why can't the women do more than sew and marry? Oh, they do. They're going to do a lot more. I'm just saying that, like, you take the Wonder Woman thing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's fantasy. And so it's about, like, a badass island of women warriors. Mm -hmm. Because we can make up anything we want. It's not based in any real time period. right. So why does fantasy as a genre in general seem to put men and women in such traditional roles? Basically, especially for Game of Thrones, I mean, you guys out there that have watched it know this is kind of a little bit of a subtle hint, but she's not going to get it. So, you know, just ignore, ignore. The women pretty much end up burning it all to the ground. (laughs) They are literally like, I am They serve it up, lady. Don't you worry. All right. They're going to dish it out. I really hope that that girl, the girl who loves the sword play, that's a- Aria? Oh, yeah. Trust me. Okay, hold on. Aria's going to do- Aria's going to be okay. Aria has a list. I'm not even going to get into it. Ooh, wait. Whoa, wait, wait. She has a list? You don't want to be on her list. You know I love a list. Oh, honey, you don't want to be on this list. Ooh, okay. I can't wait for Aria's list. Oh, it's good. Okay. I want to say one last thing, and we can cut this out if this goes on too long. Um, I want to just say one last thing. Winter is coming. Winter. We get it. It's coming, guys. We've been talking. I mean, how many times per episode do they need to say winter is coming? And also, this winter, it's like 
I feel like they have the wrong name for it. It doesn't sound like a winter is coming. It sounds like an avalanche is coming Mm -hmm. to bury you for seven years in cold. It's an avalanche of dead walking people, okay? I mean, that's what's coming? The White Walkers are So the White Walkers come with winter, but the White Walkers aren't affected by winter? Jenna... I'm not going to get into it. I'm I mean, not going to get into it. It's like All so I'm things. saying is winter is coming is a layered metaphor, okay? It's I, not you just know the cold. Oh, okay. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, okay. good. And the Dothrakis, but, is that my saying it right? The Dothrakis, yeah. And Carl Drago? Yeah. Is his Carl? name Carl? No, it's Cal. Oh, Cal. I love that you <laughs> thought that the guy that speaks no English and is shirtless on a horse was named Carl. I did. Khaleesi and Carl, they're going to make a happy pair. Look, look at him riding off in the sunset. Carl. Okay. I was like, Carl. They all they only refer to him by his first and last name all the time. I have noticed that in two and a half episodes, he has only said the word no three times. <laughs> it's because he can't, Carl can't speak English, Jenna. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank well, that you was for it. watching. That was it. Thank I, you. I gave in. I did it. I watched it. I'm a little bit hooked. Okay, good. You'll love all the White Walker stuff. Okay. I now, I guess, have to watch, what's it, The Edge with the you? The Edge. The Edge. Have what, you never I, seen The Edge? We already, you already know this. But you've never seen it? What? How many different ways do you want me to tell you I haven't seen it? You know about the bear. How do you know about the bear? I've seen trailers. I've seen, you know what? All I needed to see was a man... Like getting attacked by a bear, and I'm like, I'm out. Also, so the Revenant Leo, was not for you. Oh either. hell no! Academy Award winning film, oh, The Revenant. Hell no! Another great survivalist no, film no, for all you survivalists no, out there. I saw a trailer, and what's his name? Leo DiCaprio is getting mauled by a bear, and oh. I was like, pass, hard pass. All right. Well, you know I like quotes from things, and I really appreciated this quote from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I love that we're still talking about it. Go. The man who passes the sentence should swing the sword. Oh, yeah. I liked that. And he made his son cut off that guy's head. No, he made him watch as he cut off the head. Well, eventually he makes him cut off someone's head. Wow. Spoiler alert. A bunch of people are going to lose their heads. Just, it's part of life back then. Okay, back then in fantasy land. There you go, guys. That was my fast fact number three. I promise after this break, we will begin talking about The Office again, specifically the carpet. We will break down the episode for you. I think Dwight would have loved Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think him and Angela would have watched it. You guys would have spoken to one another in Dothraki. Oh, for sure. We would. It would be like our code language. You have a somewhat Dothrakian relationship. A bit of a Cal Khaleesi thing. You mean Carl? <laughs> All right, let's go to break. So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family, and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to warm up. Listen, I always want a kitchen with kids. Yep. I don't want to call room service for some sliced apples. I want to have my groceries. I need a kitchen. Yes. Well, this is why doing the Airbnb thing was so perfect. Yep. Well, this family we were staying with told us that they listed their house on Airbnb back in California. Oh, that's so smart. I know a lot of people that do this. It's like, oh, we want to go to Disneyland. We can Airbnb our place and then use that money to go. It pays for your trip. Yep. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to time, all in one place. Well, we've told you before that we use Squarespace for our Office Ladies website, and it is so user-friendly, so easy to use. We are not tech people, and we could not be happier with our experience. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash officeladies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. 
Some are big, some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up, and it can start to affect us. Well, therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You can finally get a chance to talk about all those stressors. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OfficeLadies today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OfficeLadies. Okay, we're back from break. We start this episode with a cold open. Pam is on vacation. Yes. Ryan is at the reception desk, and Jim keeps glancing up. At Ryan, and he's like, what are you looking at? And Ryan has that great talking head where he's like, Jim keeps looking over at reception. (laughs) But it's not as creepy as the way Michael's looking at him. Yes, exactly. Okay, so the episode starts, and Pam is back from vacation. Mm -hmm. She's happy. She's at front reception. Michael walks in and calls her Spamster. Yeah. He hasn't done this bit in a while where he takes her name and smushes it with other things. And she's like, let me guess how you got that. Pam, Spam, and Hamster. (laughs) Spamster. And then as he walks off, he goes, I am Pam Spicoli. You guys, for you young people, he's pretending to be Jeff Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, that's a dated reference. That is a dated reference. Michael goes in his office. What happens, Jenna? There's something very smelly. On the carpet in his office. What I love about this is we don't ever show you too much of it. You see a little bit on the carpet, though, and what you see is foul. Yeah. It is so gross. It's it's pretty awful. And he makes a bunch of people come into the office to see what it is. We had a fan question from David Griffiths and Haley Crook and many others. They wanted to know, was there anything in the office that made it actually smell so that we were having authentic reactions. No. That is just some good acting right there. Real good acting. As I watched this, I was so impressed. I was so impressed. I actually texted Brian, and I was like, I want you to go back and rewatch the carpet. When you get a whiff of whatever it is, it made me laugh so hard. I was like, he did such a great job. And Michael has a line, you guys, I feel like is sort of my vernacular, like the way I would talk, he says, there is a stink in there. <laughs> that is how you would describe it. <laughs> oh, there's a stink, y'all. And I love Creed's line. A lot of fans oh. pointed this out. Someone making soup. Somebody making soup. So my sister Janet was visiting and watched this episode with me. She made me screen grab Phyllis's face reaction to when Creed says somebody making soup. Seriously, it is hilarious. It's at three minutes, 10 seconds. Somebody making soup. Look at Phyllis's face. Next, we have Michael's talking head where he's talking about fear factor and uh, he has to leave. And then for the rest of the episode, we're clearing out his office. I did a deep dive on fear factor. Why, Jenna? Why did I do a deep dive? I don't on know. Fear this factor? has started to happen to us it's- where something's mentioned in an episode and then we spend hours watching clips or researching things on websites. Oh my gosh. It was like you watching all the videos of the Hooters birthdays. Yeah. I watched these Fear Factor clips. You guys, it was like, okay, eat this dried horse rectum. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Or intestine or something. And then I looked up why it got canceled. Okay. It's so gross. What happened? I don't even think we can say it here. What happened? They had- It got canceled because of an incident? Yes. And they didn't air it. But it's why it got canceled, and Joe Rogan has talked about it. It's so gross. What? Okay, you had two choices. This episode is called the Hee Haw episode. You could drink donkey pee or donkey semen. That is horrible, Jenna. That is horrible. Did they do it? They did it. Oh! They did it. And one guy said as he started drinking, he vomited back in his own cup. Oh, God. It's horrible. Oh, my God. It's horrible. This was, and how, how did this get, I mean, who was like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's also, how did they get the donkey jizz? Oh, oh, Angela. I'm sorry. It's my first thought. <laughs> Whose uh, job was that? Wow. Mm-hmm. No. 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 I don't think so. No. Not happening. Um, 
next up in the episode. Wow. Sorry. Did everyone do it? Or I, just, like, what happens if you don't do it? You're I, out? I don't know. Like, I know they're, they, you know, there's the contest. And if you do it, ultimately, whatever all the challenges are, I don't know how people get picked. But whoever does the challenge, if they don't do it, they're out. It was a crazy show. Crazy. All right. I am looking in the um, booth where Sam and Cody are sitting. And everyone, everyone, they seem sad. I've I've ruined their day. You guys, I just, well, like, this was such a big deal for Michael to, like, be like, this is my Fear Factor audition tape. I was like, oh, yeah, what was that show again? I just started looking it up. That was, like, one of the first things that came up. Anyway, you're welcome. Where are we? So next up, Jim enters. He asks about Pam's vacation. He is so excited that she's back at the reception desk. But then we reveal that Roy and Daryl are also upstairs and that Roy is, they're cleaning out Michael's office. They're going to replace the carpet, basically. And Pam and Roy are clearly on good terms. They're like giggly. They're giggly. And Roy is like engaging with her. You know what I mean? He like looks over and mouths the word help, you know, because he's got to go do this gross job and she laughs. And so they're being kind of flirty and sweet. and, And Jim clocks it right away. We had a fan question from Jamie Boggs. Why on earth are the warehouse guys changing the carpet? How is that in their job description? I kind of agree, but it makes sense to me. I feel like Michael makes people do things outside of their job description all the time. And so we kind of had to do this, too. Just as a writing convention, we needed a reason for Roy to be upstairs for this whole episode. Right. So we kind of need him to change the carpet. But a lot of people asked, did they really rip up and replace the carpet? Well, they did really rip it up. Mm -hmm. But... I don't think they really replaced it. I think they just put it back down again in the end. Yeah, I think there was like a top carpet they pulled up. Yeah. But then that, yeah, exactly. So, but they did. I mean, they really did dismantle the office in the middle of this shooting. Yes. And all of Michael's talking heads take place in the conference room. All of his stuff is piled behind him. Yes. So that's sort of a new spot where we see Michael. That was a fan question too from Alexandra. What is the room Michael has his talking heads in while his carpet is being cleaned? It's the conference room. I was curious, too. And so I zoomed in on the scene where Michael is talking. And I realized it was the conference room because the painting is hanging on the wall behind him. Yeah. It was the painting that was always in the conference room. I felt like that was a nice little touch to let the audience know where he was. At one point, it actually falls down. As I noticed as that. banging around. That was a blooper. That was a blooper. That was not intended. But it was a great just like kind of reminder of like where he was. So next up, Michael takes over Jim's desk, forcing Jim into the annex. He's going to sit next to Kelly. She explains that Toby used to sit there, but he had to move due to an allergy. To the desk. To the desk. His allergy was to the desk. (laughs) I'm pretty sure all those desks are the same desk, but Toby just had a specific allergy to that one. So then we have Michael in the bullpen, and he's chatting with Dwight. They're kind of talking about the old days. They start talking about Ed Truck, and you see that great flashback photo and the mullet haircut yeah also at five minutes 12 seconds Dwight is so happy that Michael is going to be sitting next to him he is just so thrilled and I watched the deleted scenes for this episode and there's a really cute talking head where Dwight is like this is just a gift and the woman I'm dating might say it's a gift from God but I don't know about that (gasps) and it flash it cuts to me but there are some great deleted scenes for this episode if you have the DVDs and I have a talking head Kevin has a really funny one. There's a deleted scene, you guys, where Jim is looking up the hotel where Pam and Roy stayed in the Poconos. Oh, that's a little depressing. I know. And Kelly's like, what are you looking at? There's also a deleted scene where he's eating alone in his car. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because he can't find anywhere to eat. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But there is some like really sweet sort of Dwight Angela little nods to that relationship in the deleted scenes. And also during this whole sort of Dwight Michael moment, we learn that Dwight is sitting where Todd Packer used to sit, and Michael is sitting in his old desk. Yes. Because Ed Trek would have been in his office. So Michael is having a little bit of like reliving the glory days of when he was out on the floor as a salesman. Yes. I think we have some real Stanley sass in this episode. Stanley sass. Yes. At seven minutes, one second, Michael bugs Stanley, and Stanley is on the phone. And this is what... This is what Stanley says to him. I just loved it. Leslie David Baker did such an amazing job. What is it that you need right now that can't wait until I'm off the phone with a customer? (laughs) I was like, there's some Stanley sass. 
So Michael is now walking around the bullpen and he's just really misbehaving. Yeah. He's like acting out in some way. He thinks maybe they were all in on it, but yet also I think he's trying to live his glory days. He just punches the heck out of Creed. Oh, I loved Creed's reaction to that though. It was so earnest. It's yeah. like one of the few times he's truly <laughs> earnest. He's like, ow, wh- why'd you hit me, Michael? <laughs> like it actually really hurt him. And Michael, as he punched him, yelled, Charlie Horse. He's like a kid on a playground. Basically, he's like a bad kid on a playground, but that's not a Charlie horse. Punching someone isn't a Charlie horse. You know what a Charlie horse is. That's just when your muscle seizes up. Well, yeah, but I think what he's trying to say is like, how does a horse bite an apple? (laughs) Wait, what? Stop. Stop the podcast. What? How does a horse bite an apple? Is that sort like Charlie horse just hitting someone or is he hitting someone to give him a Charlie horse? What is how's a horse bite an apple? Come over here. I'll show you. No, 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 no. Explain. No. What is this? This is the thing you do to a person on a playground is called how's a horse bite an apple? Yeah, how's a horse bite an apple? I'm going to show you. I'm scared. What are you reaching for right now? You're reaching for what? My arm? My hand? What are you reaching for? I'm not that strong. It's not going to hurt that bad. If Josh did it to you, he has strong hands. Okay, what am I doing? What am I handing you? you got to slide over here. Slide over to what? My chair. Why? What are you touching? Okay, back up. What? Don't do... What are you doing? It's not going to hurt that bad. How's a horse bite an apple? What? <laughs> oh, that thing where you just like... Where squeeze you squeeze someone's knee. The top of their knee and that two little spots that really hurt. That's how I horse, don't think that hurts. I think that's tickly. That's how a horse bites an apple. Am I right, Sam? I've never heard how's a horse bite an apple. What is going on, St. Louis? St. Louis. St. Louis, you Back chuck- me up. Where I was raised. Do we have horses that bite the apple? This, uh, come on. I, I don't know how to react to it. Sam, Sam seems to have Sam. heard this. Yeah, that made its way to Wisconsin. Wisconsin has how's a horse bite an apple. Cody, where are you from? Have you heard it? I'm from here, but my grandma was from Kansas and my grandpa was from Tennessee, and I've never heard that. Thank you. Okay, so Missouri, Kansas, and Tennessee, we don't know this horse bites an apple business. Well, Texas this and Wisconsin ba- This do. is based on a poll of four people, by the way. Texas. We've declared things about major regions of the United States based on a four-person poll. Okay. That seems to, I think that's kind of how polling is done, though. Oh, let's not go there. Okay, well— Charlie horse is just when your muscle seizes up. I know that, but I kind of felt like it was like one of those things where Michael gets it a little wrong. Like he's like, Charlie horse. But I was like, oh, did he mean how's a horse bite an apple? But probably not because that's too many words. And he had to cross the whole room really quickly. (laughs) Um, Well, Michael also gets Dwight to go over to accounting and dump their stuff all over the ground. We had a fan question from Alan Three. How many times did Stephen Rain mess up the accounting area? Did they do it randomly or was it choreographed? Angela, can you give us some insight? We did it a few times. And, you know, so every time Michael would say, okay, let's send up accounting, old-fashioned raid, sales on accounting. They would come over. They'd dump all of our stuff on the floor. I did love that Angela glares at Dwight, like, don't even. And so he sort of giggles and picks up one pencil and throws it on the floor (laughs) of mine. But yeah, we did that a few times and they were just really, truly just looked like Steve and Rain were having fun because they got to come over and mess with us. And then so after you shoot a scene like that and they mess up the area, they say cut. Did the set decorators come over and reset everything? They do because they want every the continuity to match. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously we would pick up stuff as well. But yeah. sometimes we, we would get in the way. Like we would start to pick it up and they'd be like, here, let me set that. Because that is their job to make sure it looks exactly like it did before. And I might not get it right. So I remember sometimes before scenes like this, our script supervisor, Veda, she is the person who was in charge of continuity on the show. She would come over and take a picture Mm-hmm. of the desk area as a reference point. So they could match it each time. Yes. And then after it got all messed up, then Veda would come over with her computer and she'd be like, okay, so this is exactly where the cup was and this is where this was and everything. And they would reset the whole thing to Veda's picture and then mess it up again. Yes. Veda was amazing. And she was so sweet and kind and soft-spoken. And sometimes she would just walk up to you and be like, um, Angela, and on the second line in the scene, you switched your coffee mug from your left hand to your right hand. I'd be like, oh, my God, did I? I didn't even realize. Yes, so you have to do that every time now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I remember that. I remember that. At 8 minutes, 55 seconds, I'm calling this the fan catch of the day. What is it? It is by Biro. If you freeze and zoom in on Angela's computer. Ooh, 
you can see a post-it note that says, quote, Angela, can I have $5 petty cash to buy some more jelly beans? I'll give you back any change. Thanks, Pam. Pam. <laughs> Catch of the day. That is fantastic. I loved that. Applause. I think I really wrote that post-it note. You probably did. You probably passed it to me in the background because we were bored <laughs> and I stuck it there. So then Michael has a talking head about former manager Ed Truck. And this has one of my favorite Michael quotes. I told myself if I was ever manager, people would laugh when they saw me coming and applaud when I walked away. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah, way to go. I, I just want to call out one scene, you guys. It's I know we're jumping around a little, but it's one I absolutely love at 9 minutes, 55 seconds. It made me laugh so hard when Dwight is trying to be the 107th caller. Yes! To win a DVD box set. Of Jethro Tull. Yes. <laughs> From Rock 107. And he just keeps calling. And Michael's pained expression. And then Dwight trying to sneak the call. Just all of it just cracked me up. One of the fun dynamics about the Michael and Dwight relationship is that it gives Steve an opportunity to play the straight man. Yeah. And he's a very funny straight man. And so a lot of times he's the funny guy. And the rest of us are the straight man to Steve. But I love this dynamic shift that happens with Michael and Dwight scenes. I do, too. I want you to know I did a little bit of a deep dive for Rock 107. I knew you would. I almost did. But you know what I did instead? What? I listened to Jethro Tull. Oh, <laughs> there you go. I downloaded the greatest hits and listened to it. And my daughter, Isabel, was like, what is that? <laughs> well, they currently run contests via their freeloaders club. And you can sign up with your email at rock107.com, and they give away, quote, dozens of prizes each month. Here's a list of things you can win. Okay. iPads, water park tickets, concert tickets, gas and grocery gifts, and snow tube passes, maybe for the Poconos? Maybe. Those are great gifts, though. I know. Way so to go, Rock 107. It seems like instead of doing these live contests on the air where you have to call in like Dwight did, you can just sign up with your email and you're automatically entered. So just uh, giving a plug for that giveaway, Rock 107. Way to go. I have 10 minutes, 44 seconds. Okay. Pam and Roy are flirting at reception and Jim is watching her in the kitchen. He tries to go to the annex, but he sees Kelly. Then he goes to the bathroom. With his coffee mug. Yeah. This is how trapped he is. One way, it's Pam and Roy. The other way, it's Kelly, chatty, chatty, chatty. So he just walks in the bathroom with his coffee mug. Yeah. And later, he can't eat in the lunchroom because Pam's sitting in there with Roy. This leads to the deleted scene you were talking about. Of him eating alone in his car. Yeah. Poor Jim, guys. Poor Jim. Poor Jim. So then at 11 minutes, 7 seconds, Michael goes back to accounting, and he's like, hey, guys— and I'm really snarky. This is like very Angela Martin snarky moment. I'm like, we haven't finished getting things in order from your last visit. And he's like, I'm just walking around. And I go, were you? <laughs> like, I'm so ticked off. You're so mad. Well, this is when Michael gets this big idea to host a sales contest. Well, listen, because he says we're all there working for the weekend. But you know what? He's working for the week. That's, what? Working for the week. He's working for the week, and he wants the sales contest now. And the prize is a $100 bill not, not really. he opens his wallet and he only has $83. Wait, Jenna, before we get into the sales competition, I do have some journal entries from this. When do you want them? Do you want them now? Do now. you want them later? I say now. Now, not later. Okay. Here's my journal entry for the carpet. I was really excited. I was like, I wrote this on January 26, 2006. We got great news. We're coming back for season three. Is this the episode where we found out? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So we were so excited, all of us. I don't know if you can tell in watching the episode, but we just found out we got another a, a job for another year. That is such, that's a fast fact, Angela, right there. Oh, well, I liked your Game of Thrones fast fact. But there, that I guess is a fast fact. Also, I said that we're just so excited. We're really proud of the show. We're so excited to get a third year. I said this week also, we had a photographer from NBC taking official photos for the website for Valentine's Day. I remember those photos. And these are sort of some iconic photos that are out there on the internet of like Steve holding up a heart. And Kate Flannery and you and me and Phyllis all surrounding him. Yeah. So there's some great Valentine shot. There's one of like Dwight and I side by side. I did some photos with David Denman as mm -hmm. Roy. So some Pam and Roy Valentine's shots as well. 
And I also wrote, this was the first time the supporting cast were included in one of these big photo shoots, and we were all so excited. I remember that. Because we weren't series regular the last time we did them, but That's now right. we were, and we yeah. got to be in the pictures. And I said, of course, I had the biggest zit since I've had since high school. Yeah, that always <laughs> happens. They probably photoshopped it. I out, said, though. I hope they'll photoshop it out. <laughs> See, look at that. Like I said. I know. Anyway, those are... Oh, and then I wrote, and this is before... You know, obviously, we ever knew we'd do this podcast. We ever knew that we'd be tracking the Mindy of it all. And this is what I wrote in 2006. Okay, if you're a Kelly fan, you will love this episode. And Mindy, who plays Kelly, does a great job. Hey, even you knew something special is happening with the character of Kelly in the carpet. 2006 me knew that Kelly was maybe Kelly, was maybe Mindy. (laughs) All right, let's take a break. We'll be back in a sec. Listen to this, because this sounds amazing to me. Ready? Okay. In a world that stops for no one, with life dominated by screens, there's still a place filled with endless reasons to put the phone down and pick up life. Doesn't that sound lovely? Where are we talking about? South Dakota. That's where Lee was born! Really? South Dakota! How did I not know that? I don't know. I didn't know he was born in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. He has family there. Well, South Dakota is a great place to vacation and adventure. You can get worlds away from home in the Badlands, find peace among the pines and the Black Hills, and unwind with each bend of the Missouri River. And if you're looking for love, you might find a Lee there. Oh, my gosh. Made a good fella, South Dakota did. From Sioux Falls to Deadwood, you'll find yourself getting lost in a place that brings you closer to the world around you. You can immerse yourself in the creativity of both contemporary and traditional crafts. See why there's so much South Dakota, so little time at TravelSouthDakota.com. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed to connect with candidates faster by scheduling, screening, and messaging. And Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 23 hires were made on Indeed every minute, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Just go to Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so back to the episode. I have a continuity catch. Okay. At 12 minutes, 43 seconds, Roy and Daryl are removing Michael's carpet. Okay, they've got this rolled up carpet on their shoulders and they make fun of his dancing. But then at 13 minutes, 12 seconds, there's a shot of them through the blinds in Michael's office and they're having beers and they're kind of sleeping. They're sleeping on the rolled up carpet that they just removed. They're using it as a headrest. Yeah. Well, there's a continuity catch. Well, I. Unless, is that the new carpet they haven't put down yet? I don't know, but there is a whole deleted scene of just. Daryl and Roy just being idiots in that room. There's a whole scene where they are drinking beers and they have two like rubber balls and they're bouncing them against the wall like they've got a game going. Yeah. So there there were things cut out of this episode of them messing around in there. Well, I suppose it could be the carpet they haven't installed yet. Maybe. Maybe, Jenna. At 13 minutes, 56 seconds, I declare Michael Sass. Michael Sass, let's hear it. Well, Pam says stopping the sales contest isn't fair. I guess we should say Michael gets upset and he stops his sales contest. Mm -hmm. No one can win $83 anymore. He's just being a brat. But Michael gives it right back to Pam. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't write down what he said, but you can look it up at 13 minutes, 56 seconds if you (laughs) want. That sort of takes the wind out of your It does. I realized as I was looking at my sheet, I was like, wow, that was an incomplete I did not complete that question of my homework. Well, I I will say this. My sister and I laughed, actually. She's a school teacher. She teaches pre-K. And at 14 minutes, 26 seconds, Michael puts the whole office in time out. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. Anyway, okay. 
So then we have the scene in the kitchen with Jim and Ryan, and Jim asks Ryan what he thinks of Kelly. He's trying to help Kelly out because she's begged him. Well, this also just shows where he's at in his day because at first he doesn't want to help her. He's like, I'm not getting in the middle of those two. And then by the end of the day, he's like, fine, I'll be your go-between because he doesn't have his buddy. He doesn't have Pam to like help the day pass. Well, we had a fan question. Maddie W. and Adrian both asked, whose idea was it for Kelly to have a crush on Ryan? What do you think, Ange? I think it was Mindy's. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was going to text her, but she had the Oscars and she was presenting. I didn't want to bug her. Yeah, we were... We were prepping this episode the weekend of Oscars weekend, and Mindy was a presenter. And can we talk for one second about how amazing she looked in her dress? She looked amazing. I actually did text her and BJ the next day, and I was like, you guys look so beautiful together. Yeah. And she wrote back, Ange, I love this. Thank you. Well, there you go. Kelly and Ryan went to the Oscars together. Well, they're very, very dear friends. They're best friends. They're best friends. There were a lot of friendships that came out of our show. There was our best friendship. There was their best friendship. Well, all of the guys still play fantasy football together. That's true. All the guys. Yeah. Every year. All right. So where are we at, Jenna? So next, Michael talks to Creed about his fear of becoming Ed Truck. Oh, this scene is so funny. Creed made me laugh so hard in this scene. Yeah. He's like, Michael, you have a lot more to be worried about than that. (laughs) He's like, oh, great. Thanks, Creed. I guess being buried alive. Why am I even talking to you? (laughs) And then we go outside and we meet Ed Truck. And this scene, oh, it broke my heart because in the scene, Ed says, Michael, why can't your workers be your workers, your family be your family, and your friends, friends be, be your friends? friends? And you can see they hold on Michael's face, and you can see that the reason why is because he doesn't have friends and family. He needs his workers to be all three things. He doesn't have those compartments in his life. No, he doesn't. And Ugh. it breaks your heart. It breaks your heart for him. Oh, well, speaking of heartbreak, 17 minutes, eight seconds. So this is like cut in between Michael's talking head. Jim is in the kitchen, which is kind of looks like Jim hung out in the kitchen all day. I think he spent a lot of time in there. Not only that, guys, but if you look at this episode, John didn't have very many lines. <laughs> this was not a tough like line count for him as far as like memory work. All of his stuff was reacting for the most part in this yeah. episode. So, but anyway, during Michael's talking head, we see Jim is in the kitchen and he tries to wave goodbye to Pam. Pam doesn't see it and just leaves. And it's like the the last just like wind out of his sails for the day. She kind of leaves early. She's yes. got her big puffy coat on and everyone else is still working, but she sneaks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what does he do after that? He calls Brenda. Oh, God, it's so desperate. From Booze Cruise, it's the so, corporate liaison, ugh. and asks her on a date. And Kelly's, Kelly, Mindy's reactions as Kelly to this phone call were so fantastic. So great. He calls and asks her on a date, and then he's like, and you can just, you know, I got your number from the company directory, and I guess you could get my number from the company from directory. From said directory. Yeah. Oh, what are you doing, Jim? Or check your email, because I just emailed you. Okay, hope to hear from you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and Kelly's like, did you just ask a girl out over voicemail? He's like, Yep. <laughs> Michael's talking head in this episode, he has a huge talking head that I love, and I wrote it all down. Here it is. Last week, I would have given a kidney to anyone in the office. I would have reached right into my stomach and pulled it out for them. But now, no, I don't have the relationship with these people that I thought I did. I hope they ask. So they can hear me say, oh, no, I only give my organs to my real friends. Go get yourself a monkey kidney. He's so mad. He's so mad. He's so hurt. He feels so betrayed. He would have, he really would have given them one of his organs. You know, he would have. Yeah. He would have. Now he's only going to give you a monkey kidney. Poor Michael. Poor Michael. And then at 18 minutes, 20 seconds, guess who calls? Todd Packer. Todd Packer. Did you get that package I left for you? He's like, what package? Did I get a package? And Anybody Roy, see a package? Roy's like, do you mean the thing? The thing in your office? And Michael's delighted. Oh, what a funny prank. Oh, someone loves me. They want to do jokes. They want to poop on my floor. So funny. When Packer does it, it's a hilarious, funny prank. No, when Packer does it, he says at 19 minutes, 13 seconds, it was done out of love. Just oh. like just like I thought. 
Which is not what he thought. Oh. It's not what he thought. But I do think he's so relieved that it was no one in the office. Well, everything is right again, right? His mm-hmm. universe makes sense again. These, This is my family. They wouldn't do that. It's just crazy Todd Packer. Everything's okay. Well, then can we talk about the sweetest of sweet moments? Yes, I... I did write in my journal. I said, guys, I don't want to give anything away, but this has one of the sweetest endings of an episode yet. So this whole episode, we've given you no indication that Pam is clocking Jim in any way. In any way. But Jim walks to his desk. He sees the little message light flashing, and he plays his messages, and Pam has left him seven voicemails all about her day. And- Clearly, she's missing him and missing interacting with him. Yeah. And you see him kind of walk to his car as these messages play. And his face. Oh. He's so happy. Yeah. And everything is right in his world again. And kind of everything is right in our world again, too. Because I think as an audience member, it's funny. I, I forgot about the voicemail messages when I was watching this. Yeah. And I was frustrated with Pam. I was like, what is wrong with you? This is your friend. Why are you being so coy? I skied a little. And then like, say hi to the guy. I wasn't upset with Pam because I feel like she's, this is so complicated for her. I mean, I'm sure there's hills and valleys of her wanting to invest in Roy and what they've built together and see it through. And then there's all these overwhelming feelings of like, but I don't think he's the right person. But we've been together so long like it's and then when she sees Jim she's it's like holding up a mirror to herself I but think you're telling me she didn't miss him on the vacation yes but admitting to missing him is admitting to this emotional affair and she's not there yet she's not there yet but these messages meant the world to me as a viewer when I was watching it yes I was like yes thank you thank you and also guys once again I feel like Michael and Jim had a parallel storyline mm-hmm where they sort of lose the thing they love, which is for Michael, the acceptance of the office, his friends. For Jim, it's Pam. Mm-hmm. But then in the end, it's all okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. No. Aw, that's the carpet, that's guys. That's the carpet, everybody. I have a question. I want to throw it out there. Okay. Angela, do we need to start a second podcast where I rewatch Game of Thrones and we discuss With me? It. Yeah, with you. Yes. Office ladies do Game of Thrones. Oh my gosh, I would love that so much. I mean- Does I, anyone want to hear that? I Does anyone want to hear me listen to Game of Thrones? Although there might be some- Listen die, to me watch Game of Thrones. Diehard Game of Thrones fans will be like, no, you guys are going to, you're going to ruin it. All right. all right. Next week, we're going to do Boys and Girls, which is a very exciting episode for Angela and I. We'll tell you all about how we had a hand in creating this episode. Yes. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our producer is Cody Fisher. Our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. And our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. For ad-free versions of the show and our bonus episodes, Candy Bag, go to stitcherpremium.com. For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE. OFFICE.